Hello, everybody. Josh here. Welcome to Uncensored Advice for Men. Today, we're going to have a conversation with uh, Jeff, who is an author and a peak performance executive coach. We're going to have a conversation that's very controversial in the world today. Uh, the, the topic that we're going to deal with and uncover and give advice to men is what does it mean to be a man? Jeff, welcome to the show. Josh, it's great to be with you. I think the topic is timely because in my work, I often ask men, and these men that I work with typically can be high-level executives of Fortune 500 companies or professional athletes or even Emmy Award winners and celebrities. Very affluent clients tend to reach out to talk to me. I've, uh, I want to start with this basic premise. What does it mean to be a man? That's a question that I ask every one of these people. And what's surprising to me is that very few of them actually have an answer that goes beyond something as simple as being a provider or being uh, supportive in the family, that type of thing, being a dad or parent, that type of thing. But very little detail beyond that. Yeah. I guess if, you, if we walked around the street with a microphone right now and we said, we walked up to people and we go, what does it mean to be a man? You'd hear those things, the provider, the the protector, uh, they have certain genitalia, right? And, and it, it would it would cover all. But yeah. it sounds like it sounds like we're missing something. It sounds like we're missing the the true core of it. So, uh, what are, what's your thinking? Well, we're missing a lot of it. I want to go back in time a little bit. You know, we were all little boys at one point, and we as we come become teenagers, we start to think, you know, pretty soon I'm going to be a man. Is there like a number at age 18 because I can go to war? Do I then become a man? Or at 21, I can now drink? Do am I now a man? And so we get this, there's not a, a, a moment in time where I wake up and say, oh my God, I'm a man, is there? And so how we think about that in its very initial phase is something that really doesn't happen much other than a number. And I remember that I had this moment for myself when I was out on my own, living on my own in an apartment for the very first time. I was independent, making my own money, providing for myself, cooking my meals. You know, I was completely independent. I didn't have anything. And I thought, wow, this is different. And uh, maybe that was the moment I realized that maybe I'm a man. But other than that, I, I, there was a lot of ambiguity about it other than, you know, I'm 18. And at the time I was 18, I could drink. So you felt like a man. But would you, looking back, would you say that you kind of cross over into manhood from boyhood, adolescence, teen? Do you think because you became 18, you were then a man? Absolutely not. <laughs> you know, I was incredibly naive about the way the world worked. And, you know, in lots of ways, I was incredibly vulnerable to making too many mistakes and really misunderstanding who I was. And ultimately, how we see ourselves is everything. Because if I don't see myself in a certain way, then I'm going to have far less, less success in my life. And so for me, being a man is all about how I honor how I see myself. So if I view myself as somebody who has integrity or somebody who's truthful or honest or my word matters, if those are elements that make me the man that I am today, I better honor those to the best of my ability. Because without those defining qualities, values, and characteristics, I'm going to meander around. And there's a, I want to touch base for a moment on the differences that I see today versus how I grew up. I remember my grandfather, who was an immigrant from Italy, uh, he said to me, the only thing you have in your life is your word. And he came from the old school. And so every deal was done with a handshake. 
And if you violated that deal, you were ostracized by society. Today, it's pretty prevalent to change your mind, mislead, lie, tell half-truths, you know, deceive a little bit, not fully disclose. I mean, these seem to be somewhat common elements in, in, a, in a theme that, you know, I'm not particularly liking very much. Yeah. So in a day when our, you know, your grandparents, my grandparents were, you know, your word was your bond because your word was who you were. And when right. you dishonor who you are, it violates your manhood. Now, <laughs> back in the day from, you know, straight from Italy and, you know, what would happen? You say, you talk about like being ostracized from the community. Like what impact would it have if, if you're ostracized from the community during those times? Well, back then you were basically shunned. Um, people would avoid you. You were certainly uh, uh, kind of uh, separated from the community. You weren't invited to local events and to participate. To participate, you certainly you were not trusted, right? Because because what does trust have to do with anything? And, and this is the follow through to what does it mean to be a man? Because in a relationship, being a man matters greatly. How you represent your word, how you represent trust, how you build trust, how you initiate trust, how you sustain trust. These are all qualities that matter greatly to a feminine woman in a relationship. Yeah. So when you break the, the trust, your word, it breaks the, essentially the, the honor of who you are. And uh, all right. So, so we have your word, right? So what other attributes would, or virtues are there to, to be in a man or at least how you, uh, say about yourself, right, of how you see yourself. So let's talk about the idea of role models for a moment. But before we okay. actually get to that, we have to talk about like societal standards. So if you think about what are the qualities that you admire most in men, anybody, are they um, misleading? Are they deceitful? Are they uh, liars? Are they unethical? Are they immoral? Are they betrayers? Are these the type of people you want to be in business with? So these qualities that society embraces as acceptable, for me, are all components of what it means to be a man. Do we honor integrity? Do we, do we value trust? Do we value loyalty? Do we value even things like sacrifice and strength? And strength is this ambiguous term for lots of men today. What does it mean to be strong? Does that mean emotionally strong? Does that mean physically strong? And how do you represent your own inner strength and your own inner resolve and determination and commitment and focus and confidence and courage? Are all these qualities valued by society? And the answer is, of course, they are. So as a man, should I not embody these values and qualities that society admires? And should I not avoid the, society, the qualities that I might detest in other men or that society might find offensive? Yeah, because if you look at society today and you go, okay, you know, and you go around and you interview a bunch of people and you go, you know, what, what men do you look up to today? You know, what you're going to hear is the guy, who do you look up to and why, right? You're going to look at sports stars, right? Why do you like them? Because, you know, they dedicated their life to this sport and their, their craft and they could hit a ball. Uh, and, and I'm not like downplaying that. It's just like that. Those are heroes in our world today. And it doesn't matter what their personal life might be. They might be a freaking mess. 
but because they could hit a ball or put a ball in a hoop, like we look at their quality because they have achieved excellence, that that is a role model. And a role model is about, you know, like it sounds like, you know, there's, yes, the skill, the talent, those are good things, but it sounds like other things too that have nothing to do with your ability to hit a ball or sign a big deal. This is actually a great point, Josh, because success often is directly correlated with being a man. If I'm successful, I'm now a man, right? But you're absolutely right. There are plenty of highly successful men, billionaires, who you would not want to go into business with. There's lots of highly successful people who find themselves at odds with societal laws like Harvey Weinstein, Bill Cosby. I mean, lots of famous people who've made serious mistakes because they lack some core values that keep them on the side of reason and not on the side of corruption or the side of criminality. Yeah, I've, I've never heard it been put this way because if you would have asked me, you know, before this interview, Josh, what does it mean to be a man? I, I would have said, uh, be strong, be true to who you are, be true to your beliefs, um, you know, be a provider, be a protector. But I like, I like how you phrase this is being a man is how I honor, how I see myself. It's, it's essentially embodying how I view myself and what's the kind of man I want to be. I'll honor that. That sounds like the direction you're heading. Is that Yes, it, actually, I want to I want to simplify life for everybody because I've been operating my life to the best of my ability, and I am far from perfect for sure. Life is a work in progress, right? My idea is that you know I, I had this identity when I was eighteen, but it's evolved, right? We're all here to grow to become better versions of ourselves. But I have this kind of mantra in my brain: when I know who I am, I know what to do, and I want to go a little deeper on that. When I know who I am and I'm true to myself, I know what to do and I do it. So this idea, and I have found that that has been incredibly valuable in my life. When I know who I am, if I view myself as an ethical person, I always know what to do. I'm going to do the right thing. But if I don't view myself as an honest, trustworthy type of person, I may not do the right thing. I want to give you a very yeah. simple version of, of this. So identity, right? Because being a man is all about an identity. It's really a kind of a core thing. So let's talk about um, working out for a moment. So if I think that I'm just a, a normal person, I'm just okay, what's my incentive to go work out? But if I think I'm an athlete, I'm going to go work out more naturally. If I think I'm an elite athlete, I'm never going to miss a workout. If I think I'm a professional athlete or a top performer in the world, my whole life is different. So how I see myself matters greatly from never going to the gym to being somebody who is working out at an, a very high level and competing against the best in the world. So, it, so you've got to hold some identity for yourself and then that sets a certain standard this is the, the key, right? It sets a certain standard within which you begin to operate your life. And I, so let me repeat this for not only for myself, but for the audience. Who, uh, when I know who I am, I essentially know what to do. Yes. Right? On the flip side, you could work your way backwards, right? Like when we're in math growing up, you go A plus B equals C. 
So you could go therefore, and you could work it way backwards. If you don't know what you should do, it might be because you don't know who you are. That's some wisdom right there for your audience, Josh. That's a piece of true <laughs> wisdom. It's very real. When you don't know who you are, you are unlikely to know what to do. You are, un, you are likely to be uncertain. You're likely to be confused. You're likely to be hesitant. You're likely to second guess yourself. So when there's, when there's confusion about, hey, what, what should I do? What's the next step? Like they, they might, myself included, if, I, if I'm the space where I don't know the next step to do or what, what's next, it might be because I don't truly know who I am. Because if I know who I am, I know what to do. Oh, that's a, that is an interesting diagnostic tool in your life. If you're confused, if you're uh, worried, concerned, anxious, it might be because there's some identity issue that you might need to work through. Let, let's talk about some real-world examples. When I know who I am and I'm true to myself. So let's just talk about honesty for a moment. If I believe that I'm an honest person, am I honest in every area of my life? Will I betray my wife? Will I have an affair? If I believe I'm trustworthy, am I honest in everywhere? Am I honest everywhere in my life? I have this thing I call compartmentalization of values. I'm trustworthy over here in my business life, but in my personal life, eh, not so much. But I'm still a trustworthy person. We have high-level members of society sitting on boards and doing all kinds of charitable work who at their very core have an area of their life that's highly untrustworthy and highly deceptive. So the question is, you know, that's how you end up with all these people who are part of the Me Too movement and all the things that go on in corporate America from the General Motors company and their airbags that didn't go off and hundreds dead and thousands maimed, you know. They knew about it for 10 years, right? What lack of integrity or what compartmentalization of values did these men and women actually have? to decide that, hey, it's okay if some people are dying and getting hurt. The recall is too much money, so we won't do that. That's compartmentalization of values. I'm trustworthy. Look at me. I'm on the board of the hospital, and I'm on these, all these charitable things. Oh, that decision about the airbag, well, that's something else. We won't talk about that. That doesn't make me less trustworthy, or does it? Compartmentalization of values prevents me from honoring who I am. When I know who I am and I'm true to myself, I know what to do and I do it. Man, that, you know, that's convicting because it's easy to you know, compartmentalize. You know, we all have done it. I absolutely have done it at times. Sure, absolutely. So, yeah. So the, so, so the path, right? The path, this is kind of a, a key point. The path is not to expect perfection of yourself or some from somebody else. The path is to just get better at being true to who you want to be and who you know yourself at your very core to be. Yeah, be true to who you want to be. Honor your future self, right? Yeah, exactly. So maybe it makes sense to kind of go over these four points that, that, so to make life simple for people. The first point is you got to have a baseline. Okay, I know who I am. There's these values I want to have. I want to represent myself as a certain kind of person 
great. I got these this baseline that I can build from. And then the second thing is, I want to live in alignment of these base values, qualities, principles that I see in myself and that I might admire in others. I might admire the work ethic of some major athlete or some coworker. Maybe I want to model some level of mental toughness that I see. Maybe I want to level some level emotional stability, right? So the, you have these qualities and characteristics, and then you're going to live in alignment with them to the best of your ability. The second is, I'm sorry, the third point is I want to then refine, refine these qualities that I want and to begin to elevate them. So how do I demonstrate trust today and initiate trust with my spouse versus 10 years ago? Is there a difference? And how do I want that to exist next week, next month, next year? Does that make sense? So we, we want to refine how we see ourselves and then elevate our ability to be true to ourselves more consistently so that we don't get the compartmentalization. We don't deviate from our true selves. And lastly, to remove that compartmentalization. Number four, to eliminate that compartmentalization to the best of your ability day by day. So it's a path towards progress of being your best self. It's kind of a way to self towards self mastery. Actually, if you can, if we can do these things, recognizing it's a path, it's not perfection, right? Where it's all about progress. Can I be, can I be a better version of myself next month than I am today? Absolutely. I think, you know, that's my goal is to become a better version of myself and to honor the qualities that I admire and others that I want to own for myself. Can you, so, uh, let me just kind of recap some of these steps. And, and I always encourage my, my audience, as people listening in, our, our community here of, of, of men, um, if you have questions that, the, that our guests are talking about, my encouragement is go straight to the guest and ask them, hey, I heard you on the show. Uh, I want to learn more about your coaching practice or I'm dealing with an issue in my life. I could use some help, right? So that's my encouragement to the audience is like, listen, if you hear something, I, I created the show because guys at, have a difficult time asking for help. If you're hearing this and it's ringing true, the advice has already been initiated. The relationship's already been initiated. Talk with these coaches. They're here to help you, okay? They're here to kind of walk you through life, help you get peak performance. I'm going to bring on uh, some great coaches, but what I'm hearing from from Jeff today is uh, uh, create a, a baseline, right? Uh, find the alignment within uh, the qualities that you wish. Refine and elevate them, and eliminate compartmentalization. Um, yes. Jeff, we we have uh, probably like nine minutes, but uh, could you maybe, in in terms of baseline, unless you have something uh, that you really need to share with us. Uh, what I think would be helpful is this. Could you give me an example or maybe some questions to help me and the audience find our true baseline? Because a lot of times I, I, I might not know what my baseline is. Do you have any questions that could help that? I, I think the easiest way to create a baseline for yourself is to identify who you think is a role model out there in the world. And when I mean a role model, you could actually take elements. Who's the best uh, success in the workplace? What are those qualities? Who's the best success in a relationship? What are those qualities? Who's the best success in uh, a, um, 
uh, a social element of their life? Who's the best friend I want to have? What are those qualities that I would admire in my best friend? Do I want those qualities for myself? I want to uh, give uh, the audience another interesting piece of wisdom that uh, I discovered in lots of work that I do in relationships. Occasionally men cheat. And what's been fascinating for me is to find that the impact of men cheating is incredibly profound on themselves. This doesn't get discovered till sometimes years later. Some part of them recognizes that they have deviated from who they know themselves to be. Right? I know I'm trustworthy. I know I'm loyal. I know I'm a good man. I know I'm a good person. And I did this thing, you know, I got this lustful relationship going on on the side. Oh man, it's exciting and the adventure and all those thrills and all this stuff. And it doesn't work out or, you know, and then I go back with my wife and maybe I'm not so happy. The impact though, this creeping compartmentalization of who I thought I was, there's part of you who says, oh no, that's not consistent with how you see yourself. The emotional impact is devastating. I can't tell you, I wrote an article about it. It was by far the uh, largest response article I've ever written. I had people calling me from all over. I had women calling me. The impact of betrayal that violates how you see yourself for most people is incredibly devastating and absolutely unseen, unforeseen. They never saw it coming. And they wonder why they're so sad, depressed, feeling empty. And it's all related to that lack of consistency to be true to who they knew themselves to be. Mm. That was that an unexpected good, discovery for me. Countless times I've seen it. Yeah. Got it. So let's just say someone crosses that and they violate who they are. Yep. What's, how, how do they work through that? How do they correct it? How do they fix that? If you violate who you are, it's, it's an attack on your manhood, your identity. Yeah, that's, that is exactly right. The confidence goes right into the toilet. Absolutely. The way back, there's it, it, multiple steps to the way back, but the first step is admitting the truth, right? The admitting man, I just wasn't who I thought I was. Why did I do that? It's not so much figuring out the why. It's being able to make a key decision that says, I'm going to change who I was and be who I know myself to be from this moment on. It could be a defining moment in life. You could transform yourself instantly if you decide, I will never do that again. And go about proving that day in, day out. Go about initiating the qualities that you want to have. Because it's ultimately not so much about dwelling on a past mistake or pointing out how flawed, because we're all flawed, right? Everybody's flawed. I'm flawed. Everybody's flawed. It's not that at all. What it is is deciding, okay, that's who I was. I didn't like that. I feel bad about that. Who am I going to be? Who am I going to be today and from this moment on? And will I utilize what I learned from this to become a better man or not? Will I repeat these mistakes that are just sucking the life out of my soul? 
in, in the moment we think that this decision will make us happier. That's right. And what it does is it attacks the identity of who we are, attacks the identity of men, and, it, and the result of it sounds like anxiety, depression, fear, confusion, uh, lack of, lack of trust in self. The, the, the lack of confidence is completely unexpected. I, I'm high-level leaders who confident, decisive, affects decision-making, affects every element of what it means to be a leader. These are all leadership qualities as well. So, so for me, life is about leadership, and being a man is about leadership. Being a woman may be about leadership as well. It's not a gender-based thing, but how you see yourself matters. If you don't see yourself as a leader, that's okay. But if you want to adhere to the um, societal standards of what is admired and accepted and participate in the way that you could feel good about yourself, right? Because ultimately, what has to happen in order for me to be happy? I better feel pretty damn good about myself. I better like myself. But if I did that thing over there, and I'm still doing that thing over there that I know I shouldn't be doing, am I going to like myself? If I don't like myself, my confidence is going to start to whatever superficiality there may be to it today is ultimately going to disappear. And the reality is going to hit me at some point, unexpected reality. And that's why so many men are frankly unhappy today. They're not sure exactly who they are and they've deviated in some ways from how they believe themselves to be. That's good. And so we are running out of time. Where uh, the guys listening into the audience, you know, listening into the show, hearing this and going, listen, I need help getting back on track. I need help creating my baseline and, and creating this path towards self-improvement. I screwed up or I don't want to screw up, right? I'm afraid to screw up. Like I need some help creating so that I can work, operate in peak performance, right? I, I want this, Jeff. How can people find you, buddy? They can go to peak, P-E-A-K, peakresultscoaching.com and reach out to me by the website. Awesome. What we'll do is we'll include that link in the show notes. Uh, so if you guys are listening and you, you know, you're running or driving or something like that, just go back to the show notes later on and click that link. It'll go straight to his website and um, we'll connect you guys. So that way uh, we could all improve together. Jeff, any final, any final uh, goodbyes or thoughts to the audience? Decide who it is you're going to be. And then decide to be that every day to the best of your ability, knowing that you're going to get better at it day by day by day. And to, and to recognize that you are just a work in progress. We all are. And to lighten up on yourself. It's not about beating yourself up about mistakes. Yeah, that's good. All right, guys. Well, you heard it. Uh, this is uh, Jeff. He's a peak performance coach and he's an author. You could, you could take a look at on his website and uh, get directions on, on the books that he's written. And uh, I'm reading through one of them now and uh, it's a, a book about happiness, but uh, I, I encourage you to go check out the, uh, the website, check out Jeff, connect with him, especially if you uh, could use some help and you're, and you're willing to invest in it. All right, Jeff, thanks for coming on the show. Josh, out there it was great. thanks for listening in. Thanks, man. We'll see you guys.